Well, it's good to see you. I, uh, I think my favorite meme, which the memes can get scary, that can be a hole you can go down for a while. I don't know if you guys have ever gone down the meme hole, where you just start reading a bunch of these memes and you're like, how did I get here? It's an hour later. Uh, was the set your scales back 10 pounds because uh, it's Thanksgiving. And uh, I thought, yes, I can do that. Uh, how many of you guys just ate way too much on Thanksgiving? Anybody in here? Ad- admit it? Okay. Good. I'm more of the day after guy. That's when I think all, because it's leftovers at that point, and uh, I think I've actually been waiting and anticipating it, because I don't know if you guys are like me, but I always forget how long it takes to cook a turkey, and so by the time the turkey gets there, I've eaten snacks for the, like two hours before the turkey's actually done, and so by the time the turkey's done, then I'm not as hungry as I was when I thought the turkey was going to be done, and it was terrible, but then it's like, hey, leftovers tomorrow. Well, I'm glad you're here. Um, I want to let you know just a quick update. Uh, about the uh, African church that we've been trying to wait, raise money for for the whites, uh, we are at twenty-seven fifty right now, um, and you guys are dumb. And I got to spend some time with Maurice and Erica uh, this last week just for a few minutes. And you guys, it was so fun to tell them that number and then to watch their eyes light up and get so excited and to know. And uh, so we're just a few uh, thirty-five hundred is where that mark is. Um, and believe it or not, uh, today is kind of the last day that we're kind of saying, hey, this is it. Like, we're going to cut it off at this. So we're hoping to get up to that $3,500 mark. That is not a guilt trip, again, as an opportunity for you to turn stuff into stories. Um, and I want to let you know there's a drop-down thing in our give. You can drop a check and just put, hey, the whites or the African church. You can drop in the offering plates or put it up front. love for you to take advantage <clears throat> of that. We're starting a new series today, and I have to be honest with you, uh, it's, it's one of those series that's the most intimidating thing ever to try to preach in, in a few weeks, and especially because uh, there's this holiday coming up in December. I always forget what it's called. It's like uh, Christmas or something. But uh, that is probably one of the most intimidating subjects to preach on. And then when you take into account a gospel, the gospel of Luke, you're taking in 24 chapters of one of the most intense, in-depth incredibly life-changing stories that has existed now for a couple thousand years, and you're basically saying, hey, take a holiday that we've had celebrated that has incredible cultural significance, incredible background and experiences, incredibly sometimes supercharged in emotions, and then take a document that has had power for 2,000 years, and let's just slam it all together and see what happens. And for me, as I'm trying to prepare for this, it is, it's almost impossible to, to set you up for success in the sense of like disarming yourself on what this Christmas season needs to be about and preparing yourself for what it could be about and then opening your mind up to say, hey, Luke is worth interrupting some things in your daily routine. Luke is worth injecting into your daily life. Luke is worth your time in your busy schedule to give small pauses to, to let it have a voice. And I know that the minute I start talking about a series on the gospel of Luke during Christmas time, I don't want you to hear the gospel of Luke like you always have. I want you to hear a new kingdom is born. A new kingdom is born. The Christmas season has one of the most anticipatory ideas at the center of it, and it's sometimes stolen, and sometimes as a kid, we lose the meaning, and we forget the charm, and we forget the hope that's at the center, and I love that Luke mentioned Advent at the beginning. I looked that word up because I'm like, I remember, but I kind of forget what that was, and I'm that kind of person. You know what Advent means? It's actually Latin for the word coming. 
And it's an, it's an anticipatory word. It's, it's a word that's like God, God came and there was an anticipation of when he, he came to the world and there's an anticipation when he's going to come back. And so Advent is actually used as a countdown to remember on December 25th of when God came and he showed up and made a difference and introduced hope. And believe it or not, Luke's gospel is that very thing. Luke's gospel is probably one of the most direct, defined, and detailed gospels. Uh, It's not a gospel that's going to flutter around or get distracted. It's a gospel that's going to stay chronological and serious and detail-oriented. But don't get that confused with just blobbering on with details that don't matter. Luke still has a defined purpose in mind. Uh, Luke, when he set out to write this, had an audience in mind. He had his ideas of what he wanted to do, and he himself had been given a certain amount of gift and calling so that when he put this book together with the calling of the Holy Spirit, it became uniquely Luke's gospel. And and I, I would do it in injustice to just jump into chapter 1 and start flying through because I, I don't know if you know this, but the narrative story of the Christmas story is in the first few chapters of Luke. All our traditions and the things that we uphold strongly, and some of you will have nativities being set up or already have them set up. Some of you will have moments that you will think about and cherish, and you will, you will, you will bring absolute power to, and you will talk about this coming Savior as a baby in a manger, and those details are coming from Luke's gospel. Those are things that you and I know that have become commonplace in the Midwest, but that comes from the detailed mind of Luke. So rather than just running ahead, I I would rather do something for you. I would rather get you excited for what's coming. I would rather get you a little bit ready for what the series could be. It could be a reset to your anticipation. Uh, it could be something that in the midst of all the chaos or the emptiness that this season is going to bring, it could be a solid thing that you could cling to. An orderly thing that would bring some focus to your heart that has wondered or has been distracted or been downtrodden. And my hope is that as we study this over the next month, that it will engage your mind. It will intrigue you and make you curious. Uh, It'll engage your heart. (laughs) And you'll hear it like a child. Anew. Or maybe it'll even engage your soul to bring new refreshment, new life, new hope, new kingdom. So as we start, I'm going to pray. I'm going to let God do what he's done for thousands of years and what we're reading once again in our context, with our schedules, with our celebrations and our conflicts, and all the needs and wants, and all the holes, struggles, and stresses. And let's invite God in. Dear Heavenly Father, you are sovereign. 
You are above us all. As we read the account of your son through the eyes of Luke, may you engage us. May you call us to anticipation once again. For all the right reasons, may you centralize our focus, eliminate distractions, rekindle hope, make us curious, call us to something that's bigger than ourselves. That whether it's been our hundredth Christmas or one of our firsts, we would see it anew and anticipate you. Lord, we love you. It's your name we pray. Amen. Luke chapter 1. We're just doing four verses today. Oh gosh. We'll be done in ten years. At this rate. But we're just doing four verses today. Luke chapter 1 verse 1. Many have undertaken... To, or I have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us. Key there. He's including himself among us. Just as they were handed down to us by those from who the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. So not necessarily eyewitness, but happened around us. With this in mind, I sense, since I myself have carefully investigated. Oh, that's such a deep word. I don't have time to go into everything about that. That is like lifted the rug, checked all the things, all right? Everything from the beginning, I, I too decided to write an orderly account. So healthy when the author tells you what he's trying to do. An orderly account for you. For, for me? No. Most excellent Theophilus. Everybody say Theophilus. Try it one more time. Theophilus. All right. You can say that word. You can do it. So that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. Look how well this translates. Put yourself as Theophilus. With this in mind, I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, and I too decided to write an orderly account for you, mother of my children. Just lather it up. Love you, babe. So that you may know certainty the things that you have been taught. How many of you have heard these things for a very long time, but would like a little bit more certainty. Here's an orderly account so that you can be certain of the things that you've been taught. Pretty stinking cool. Four verses in. Now, for some of you, you've been around here long enough to know that we at time to time have jumped into a book and kind of sat there for a little bit. Who was here when we went through John this summer for a little while? Who was here? Raise your hand. Okay, how many of you read the Gospel of John? Don't gator arm it. How many of you read the Gospel of John in the challenge that I gave you? Just to read through it, maybe just once or at least picked it up and read it week to week for a little while. Raise your hand and just give me a little bit of confidence. Oh gosh, I want to go home and get depressed. <laughs> just kidding, I'm just kidding. Good, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Now here's, 
Here's what's so cool, okay? I'm going to challenge you to do this again, okay? But here's what I heard. Here's what I heard the last time that I challenged you to read, and maybe some of you didn't read for this very reason. Um, You came on a Sunday. I took four verses like this. I broke it down for you. I gave you a little bit more explanation. Then you went home and read it on your own, and you went, none of this makes sense. I'm not doing it. (laughs) I don't get it. And in fact, you said, I don't know how he makes it sound interesting because all I do is fall asleep every time I try to read this. Now, that may be an over-exaggeration, but for some of you, I think that's exactly what happened. You went home and you were like, I want to read John. I want to figure this out. And for some of you, I want to give you a little bit of tools before we get too far into this series. Because here's the thing. I want you to engage Luke in a healthy way. If this is for you, and it's an orderly account, and it's meant for you to read it and be encouraged, then we need to learn how to do that. You need to learn how to read this and to be encouraged in the things that you've been taught. Give more certainty. So, against maybe my better judgment, you're going to have to forgive me because I'm going to do a little college today on you. And I know for some of you in here, this is like, no, don't do it. And I literally said this to Jed before I came up here. Half of the room is going to be so excited I'm teaching this today. And the other half, you're going to be fighting sleep the whole time. Because you're like, no, this does not engage me at all. This is boring. He's not telling stories. He's not being funny. This is, ugh, there's too many bullet points. I don't need bullet points. I need the heart. All right? I get you. I'm with you. I also graduated college. All right? So it can be done. All right? Some of you kids in there, I'm your inspiration may never happen again, but it happened with me. Even my mom said that. I can't believe you did it. I'm like, thanks, mom. That's so encouraging. Um, So today, I want to teach you some tools to help you as you're reading Luke and as we're studying this together. This is not everything. This is not all things, but this is incredibly good. So if you have a phone, you can zoom in, take a picture of this after we're done, or maybe you can get online and you can go to our sermon notes and you can type it in. I highly encourage, maybe you just write a note because this could be the thing that you just do with now when you read the Bible. It's just, this isn't just about Luke. This is just reading and understanding the Bible a little bit more. Okay? So here's the first thing we're going to do. Just a few helpfully tools. We'll put all three of these up here real quick. So we're going to talk about author. Who wrote it? All right? Who wrote what we're reading? All right? Who, who is he or she? All right? That's important. All right? We don't want to just pretend like there's no girls in the Bible. There are definitely girls. Even in the lineage in Matthew, you can go read about some girls. How about this? Who was the original audience? Who was it for? You remember that name? What was the name? Theophilus. Ha! 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 There it is. The original audience. All right, now... And here's the big one, all right? It's aim. What was the author's intended meaning? What was the, the author's intended meaning? How many have ever had your words taken out of context? Always fun, right? That's one of those panic moments. You're like, that's not what I said. That's not what I said. That's not what I said. That's not what I meant. That's not what I said, right? And how would you like to have a letter read 2,000 years ago and hear people's interpretations? right? (laughs) Sounds terrifying, like a 2,000-year-old game of telephone, right? Tough. So this is something worth talking about. So notice this, those of you like alliteration, all right? A, 
A-A. Author, audience, aim. Author, audience, aim. Author, audience, aim. I'll do a dance so you can remember it. Author, audience, aim. Author, audience, aim. You need to stand up and do it so you'll remember it. Some of you are kinesthetic learners. I know some teachers in here, you're like, it works, it works, it works, right? Author, audience, aim. Author, audience, aim. I'm just trying to say it so it sticks with you. All right, so we're just going to do this through four verses today. That's what we're going to do. We're going to do this with these four verses, and I want to show you how this works. So let's start with author. Author. Uh, Luke. Is it Luke? How do we know it's Luke? It says so in the Bible. Right? Those titles weren't there. <laughs> so, so that's a cheat sheet. All right? How do we know it's Luke? All right? Well, you're like, it says right here. I, I get it. Physician and companion of Paul. So here's what we do. We, we talk about Luke the evangelist. All right? Put that first bullet point up. We is used in the book of Acts this many times. You can look these up. That means he's including himself in. Well, you're like, Trevor, that's not the book of Luke. Why are you quoting the book of Acts? And this is why you need to know things like this. Luke and Acts were meant to be one book. They are broken at the length of a scroll. You cannot make a scroll that big. It would be too large. So they broke it. They cut it in two. So some scholars would say Acts is actually Luke 2. Continued, right? It's one story, which, just a side point, makes a whole lot sen- a lot more sense when you see that Luke is about the coming kingdom. Makes sense? It's the coming kingdom that Jesus brings, and then the first expression of it in the church. So, that gives us the idea that this Luke included himself in this. So, why do we think Luke is a doctor? How many of you guys have ever heard Luke is a physician? All right? How do we know that? He's a companion of Paul, and then he says this, Paul does, in Colossians. Paul refers to Luke as a doctor in Colossians 4.14. He literally says, the doctor, Luke, the doctor is with me. That's what he says. And that little verse is where we go, oh, Luke is a physician. He's a doctor. He's a part of the author. So, he puts himself into Acts. Paul refers to him as a doctor. Is he the companion of Paul? Absolutely. And this is where we get the third point. In 2 Timothy 4.11, Paul literally writes one of his last letters, and he says, only Luke is with me. At this point, Paul is in Rome, in chains, about to die. He's writing a letter back to one of his disciples, Timothy. And he says, only Luke is with me. Send Mark. He's helpful. Is the rest of that verse. So not only is Luke an evangelist that he's been with Paul this whole time, Paul refers to him as, as the doctor, and then Paul asks for him in a separate letter. Now, why, why is this really important for you? I want you to know this. This is really key. 
I did all this with Google. This is Google. Now you got to check to verify the website. You got to look at a couple references. But this didn't take a degree. This just took a couple searches and a couple minutes of investigation. And you get all this stuff where you're like, holy cow. Look at all the references. Look at how this ties together. That's why they can write it with confidence that this is Luke's gospel. This is Luke's gospel. Now, I'll give you the controversy side. Didn't put it up here in the bullet points. Controversy side is this. Is this Luke's gospel or is this Paul's gospel through Luke? Ooh. Some say that this is actually Paul's gospel that Luke is writing for Paul's friend when he's in Rome. Theophilus. And that there's good evidence to show that Theophilus is converted when Paul gets there to Rome and then he wants an orderly account and Paul's too sick and old and frail. And so Paul's like, hey, Luke, help me, which would make sense at the end of his life that Luke is with him and he would be needing more help to get this all together. Some of you are like, whoa, mind blown, right? So cool. Others just say no. From the very beginning, Luke traveled with Paul to get Paul's account of some things and ended up staying with him. And it just so happened that he went with Paul to Rome to drop off the letter to Theophilus. See both sides here? A little bit of controversy. Let me ask you this. Does it change that Luke wrote the letter and that Luke was a physician, he was with Paul, and it was an account of both Luke and the gospel, or I should say the continuation of Acts? No. Now, we just done one. I told you this is going to be college level. You, are anybody still with me? It's a show of hands if you're still alive out there. Just show me you're breathing. Okay, good. Whew. I told you, it's not so. Done author. Let's go to audience. Okay? This is helping. Now, we have clearly the first one, of course, is Theophilus. All right? Theophilus. Roman official, powerful, influential. Uh, a key here is he's probably a new believer. All right? He's a new believer. And why do we know that? Is because he's been taught certain things, but it kind of looks like a shotgun. You know, it's kind of like he met the guy who told him the story of the prodigal son, and then he's like, Yes! And that's all he knows, right? And, and then he's heard some other things, and he's heard about the resurrection, and then like, Luke's like, okay, I got to put together something that's more like the whole story, right? I got to put together something that's like the full account. And the key here is that he calls him most excellent, which is actually a showing of his title. That's why we think he's a Roman official. He's, he's giving him honor. He's kind of revealing in that that there's this like sense of like, you're up here and I'm down here. Now, obviously, as a Roman official, he would have incredible influence. In fact, the Romans ruled over the Jews at this time. So Israel itself was under Roman rule, so this would make sense. But also, it would make sense if it's strategic. That's why I say he might be powerful and influential, because there's probably a need that if, if you can get to that guy, if you can get to him and you can explain all these things, he would have a trickle-down effect. 
that around it. Uh, in fact, the Mark of the Lion series, uh, is a, it's an incredible fictional but also very cool historical kind of account of this first century that includes Theophilus in the story and gives even more depth to potential of what he could be. And I love the way that he gets this and the way the author kind of works on it is he gets and receives this letter from Luke and it kind of like makes him like rethink his whole life once he gets this. It's like he reads this, and then it's like he leaves the Roman army, he is going off, and he is on a mission just like Paul. Which I love that idea, that like what this transformationally could have done for someone like Theophilus. Now, who also is included in this is the Gentiles. And why this is really, really important is the Roman world is the new church and the Gentiles. Now, why, why this is important is because the Roman world is not Jewish. So when you read Luke, he is not writing to a bunch of Jewish people that understand the Torah, that have everything un, you know, laid out for them. That is not something they grew up with. That's not something they knew. That's not something they, they've heard about it, but they have not been in it. You know, it's like the guy that never went to Sunday school that shows up here and is just waiting to be outed because he didn't go to Bible study when he grew up. He's like, please don't ask me the Bible questions. I don't know. I wasn't here. It's like, okay, it's okay, it's okay. This gospel's for you. Uh, this gospel is for you. You are in the intended audience. It was supposed to be for somebody. There's going to be illustrations and things that are done in this book that, that are, are doorways to those stories, but are not assuming that you know it. There are windows into those fuller stories, but they're not assuming that you understand it, which is super, super cool. And also, I don't know if you guys know this, but we are Gentiles. And so all of us in here, it's what it is, and that's the last one. You and me. We are Gentiles and need to have the same orderly account. We need this account. We have been taught this. We are in the Midwest. We have heard about such things, but maybe we've never had an orderly account be something that we've read intentionally. You and I are a part of that audience. Tracking with me? Last one. Aim. Aim, all right? Author's intended meaning. I have, I'm just using the text here. I have carefully investigated the first eyewitnesses. That's the author's intended meaning for you to know. Next one. I have written an orderly account for you. It's specific. You hear that? It's specific. Now, he goes on to say, most excellent Theophilus, but I think this word is really key. Did he intend originally for this to be something that the whole church would read for thousands of years? And I would say God in the back of his mind knew that was going on. But Luke just knew that Theophilus needed an orderly account of first eyewitnesses, so he wrote it to him, to you, to a specific person. Why that's key is because then the book of Luke doesn't become general. It becomes personal. As you read it, you put yourself as the person that Luke is writing it to. Not general, but you. He is looking at you when he writes this. He's not trying to convince the masses. He's most excellent. Theophilus, which is really important when you read this to go, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. This is for you. Last one. 
so that you may know the certainty of the things that you've been taught. I want you to just think about this word as clarity. Certainty. Clarity. Make it more clear of the things that you have been taught. He is assuming that you know a little. He knows that you, you, you're not new, 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 guys. You don't know. You're not John's gospel that have not heard this. You've heard a little. He's just trying to give you a little bit of clarification and certainty. Does that not sound like Christmas to you? It does to me. It sounds like the gospel to me. You may have heard some things. Maybe there's some more clarity. Let me show you how this looks in the text with the things that we just talked about, especially in the aim. In the aim, there's, here it is right here. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that they have been full, uh, fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by the what? Uh, I am giving an account of what? The first witnesses. Verse 3. With this in mind, I myself have carefully investigated, again, that's a deep, everything from the beginning, an orderly account for you so that you may know the certainty of the things that you have been taught. Anybody remember I, we, pronouns, gives us Luke, Theophilus, gives us the audience. Anybody ever read the first verses of the start of Luke? Chapter 2, or Acts? He says, dear Theophilus, as I wrote to you in my previous account, I would like to continue the story, knowing that scroll break would be there. I need to reintroduce what this is all about. Making sense. I'm going to do the dance one more time. Ready? Author, audience, aim. Author, audience, aim. Author, audience, aim. When you go through and you read, I want you to start to look for who is he talking to? What was his intended meaning? What is he talking about? Who is he talking to? What's the author's intended meaning? Now, here's what's so fun about this. Class is almost over. You guys are doing great. Okay? You guys are really doing well. There are 24 chapters in the book of Luke. 24. That means this. If you and I were to read one chapter a day starting today, we would finish Christmas Eve and the new kingdom would be born the next day in our celebration of Christmas. 24 days, 24 days, 24 chapters, 24 chapters, and 24 days, and a new kingdom is born. What if, as a church, we read one chapter of Luke a day? We tried to do a little author audience aim. But we also ask God to just clarify, to speak to us through this book and to reveal how a kingdom is coming. 
a new one. I wish I wish I could do it justice to tell you what the next few weeks are going to be like. Uh, I, I feel like I'm just ready to burst in the sense of how incredibly full the next verses are. To whet your appetite just a little in the next two chapters, it's going to take us two chapters all the way to Christmas. It's all, it's going to, it's all we're going to get through. That's why I want you to have the full gospel because all we're going to get to is the birth of Christ. But I want you the full gospel because we have backwards knowledge, right? We get to know the full story when Christ comes, where he's going, which is so cool. But you guys, in the next two chapters, there is stories of barren women receiving life. There are promises fulfilled of thousands of years of old, fully fulfilled in a moment. There are men that are the greatest among us that will be born in these next two chapters. There is a woman of the lowest station that will be given one of the greatest honors. A new Genesis will happen, literally not Genesis 1, but a new Genesis, a new Adam will be produced. Songs of praise that will have echoed in words said for thousands of years will flow from the mouths of people. And in an instant, in a shabby place, with shepherds, divine will touch earth and a new kingdom is born. So much bigger than Christmas. And it's all right here in Luke's gospel. I challenge you. However, you need to hold yourself accountable. Just one chapter. Some of you here, I'll challenge you this. Read the book of Luke every day. You got time? See what that does to you. Read a chapter every day. And then see what Christmas morning feels like. See what it feels like whether it's emptier than it's ever been on Christmas morning or it's the fullest and loudest and crazy it's ever been, I think you'll know that that is not, that is not the picture of Christmas that you and I are supposed to be anticipating. New King. Being born. I'll pray for you.